Welcome to the Keep Building Podcast. I'm Todd Lebo, CEO of Majestic Steel. We're here to keep you informed in terms of what we're seeing going on in our industry, the market, and relevant topics. So let's keep building. Good morning. Welcome to the Keep Building Podcast. And today we're talking about the infamous infrastructure bill. The infrastructure bill has been a hot topic in the steel industry for quite some time now. The previous administration talked heavily about passing an infrastructure bill, and that didn't happen. And here we are again with the new administration talking about an infrastructure bill. And you know what impact does that have on the steel market, depending on where you are within the supply chain? How is that going to impact consumption? And so I'm here with two experts, Chris Billman and Scott Peskowitz. You know, the last few years. We've talked high level about the dollars and and the bill, but we haven't necessarily talked the details in terms of what does this actually mean? Where is it going to go? And uh, what type of steel then does that impact? Uh, Obviously, it has an impact across the entire supply chain when consumption expands, what that does to uh, an already tight supply chain. But first, you know, let's go over to, to Scott and Scott's going to update us. I mean, Scott, I've been trying to keep up with this infrastructure bill now and understand it for the last few years. Where are we today in terms of what they're proposing and, and what it looks like from a spending perspective? So the deal would call for uh, roughly $550 billion of new spending over the next five years. Uh, and this is on top of our, what's already budgeted for the government. So overall, this would be nearly $1 trillion dollars. This would include things like $110 billion for roads and bridges, $73 billion to update the energy grid, $66 billion for rail and Amtrak, $65 billion for broadband internet expansion, and then another $55 billion to improve the country's drinking water, so to replace all of the lead pipes in some of the older cities. So overall, we forecast this to be roughly 5 million tons per year of expected increase and roughly for every hundred billion dollars of new investment you're going to get about five billion so this could include about 75 percent bar plate and rebar and then roughly another 25 percent on the sheet side so you're going to see roughly five million tons if it's if that ends up coming to fruition which would be roughly 10 percent of the current consumption level so we have to kind of kind of see how this supply chain is going to work out the supply situation with this increase in overall consumption. Yeah, you, uh, I was just reading the, every four years, the American Society of Civil Engineers does a report card, kind of ABCDEF. No, there's no E's. Uh, ABCDF <laughs> for uh, the country's infrastructure. You're singing your ABCs with your kids these days. I know. <laughs> I just kept, kept float, flew right up. E for effort. <laughs> Maybe E for energy or environmental reasons that we're doing this infrastructure bill. No kidding. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they give grades on basically the physical condition of the current infrastructure and the need. Uh, any guess what the U.S. got for 2021, Scott? An F. C minus. C minus. That's pretty pathetic. And it just shows the need for infrastructure bill to finally get past and some shovel ready products to uh, start taking shape. Yeah. Given what Scott said, they're investing in it. I hate to see those grades per bridge and road that we drive over every single day or scary. the water that we're drinking. I mean, we all know that this is long overdue. We, at one point in the previous administration, I think the highest dollar amount we heard was a $5 trillion package. Then I think it went down to three. 
trillion. Now you mentioned 550 billion. Obviously, that's not what it was at one point in terms of what we thought this might be. But we also thought at one point an infrastructure bill would be somewhat of a starter log to kind of the reindustrialization and, and driving steel consumption. In the current environment right now, the supply chain's obviously very tight and consumption's pretty healthy. I mean, how does this impact the, the steel market? Is that all incremental growth? You mentioned 5 million tons a year. Is that all incremental on top of what we're seeing today? Yeah, so it would be roughly 10% of the current consumption for every 5 million tons of added demand. So. Normally, when someone thinks infrastructure, they're thinking, like I mentioned, a lot of roads and bridge repairs, so plates, bar, beams, things like that. But in this new package, they mentioned wind and solar farms. They mentioned investments in electric vehicle charging ports. So there's a lot of other steel in that and those end products. So like I mentioned, there, there is going to be an increase in demand overall with this package coming in. We're already staring at a tight supply chain. How is... Mm-hmm. 5 million extra tons of flat rolled demand per year going to impact the current supply chain. Right. You have, you know, these new mills coming online in these next couple of years, we're going to end up needing them just to, to keep up with this increase in demand. The overall goal of this was to help out the U.S., help out manufacturing, increase jobs. But what we don't want to do is end up importing steel from foreign countries. And, you know, this, the overall goal of this is to to make the U.S. better, not these other countries. So we need to have our domestic mills try to keep up with this demand, and you know, hopefully they can end up producing enough steel to keep up. Can you import steel that goes towards projects for the infrastructure bill? Do they specify in terms of where that material needs to come from? I think a lot of it is that new buy American emphasis put into this. I mean, we don't want another situation where I think it was the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge was built entirely with steel coming from China. So like Scott mentioned, I think there is a provision in there that has to be melted in the United States. So I think that will help, but just put added pressure on the domestic supply chain. Typically, when I think of infrastructure, I mean, infrastructure is typically, you know, your, your first layer of demand. And then after that, there's manufacturing and construction that follows. Right now, we're in a robust manufacturing and construction market, do we think an infrastructure bill over the next five years just leads us to to more manufacturing and construction to follow in in the areas that they're focusing on in terms of rebuilding America's infrastructure? I mean, do we see, you know, a 10-year run in the industrial market? I know right now, the the mills are obviously very bullish. Prices are at all-time highs. It's tough to get your hands on steel seems like that's going to continue going into 2022. It's tough to see much further than that today, but how long can this thing run and, and what impact does it have on the, the total supply chain? I mean, does this infrastructure bill just add kind of more fuel to the, the fire? What do you guys, what do you guys think? I mean, they say history repeats itself. Are we in the, the roaring twenties again, kind of a hundred years later, we've seen demand be strong this year without one of its major consuming sectors. Auto. Auto's been down, impacted by chip shortage. So people are still looking to buy vehicles. If that just bounces back to normal historical levels next year, that's added consumption for the flat rolled market on top of an infrastructure bill that you talk about five, 10 years out, should keep things moving forward, particularly. I mean, we I was reading something the other day, 
the U.S. has underbuilt 200, 250,000 residential units over the last 10 years where people have demand for single family, multifamily houses that just aren't available anymore. So that should be added boost on the construction side as well. Yeah, one of the things that I think about is the need for an infrastructure bill and the size of it is mainly because of deferred maintenance. And I think that we've had a lot of deferred maintenance in our country for many years, which has resulted in the the C minus grade that you mentioned, Chris. And then on top of that, deferred maintenance throughout industry. So you talk about underbuilding in terms of the, the housing market. I know that this last weekend, a lot of flights were canceled and you know it's tough to get a flight and rely on actually getting to your destination timely. I, I think you know it's interesting to see where the, the fleet is today, given the fact that during the pandemic, a, a lot of the, the fleet was you know, retired and, and not necessarily rebuilt. And you see that in the automotive sector. And, and I think that's a common theme that we're seeing across the board now. So you take this infrastructure bill and you take government spending and you put it towards these projects. And then you take all the money that's been pumped up into the economy and you, you see now growth in terms of consumption. I think that you know it's going to be interesting to see the impacts of all of this over the next 10 years and how long does this last for? I think everyone's waiting for cyclical movement in the steel market and not that it's necessarily a one-way street because prices don't continue to go up forever. And I think we're at a point where, you know, prices have elevated to a level that, you know, we're seeing it kind of stabilize within a range, relatively speaking. But, you know, this infrastructure bill, the timing of it, let's say this goes through, I mean, do, do we see immediate impact in the steel market psychologically? Do we not see immediate impact because it takes time for a lot of these projects to go through? You know, what's the timing here? I mean, when do we truly see an impact on the market from an infrastructure bill perspective? Yeah, let's say it's passed this week, full sign, sealed, delivered, which I don't know anybody's holding their breath on. You will not see an immediate shoveling ground project, I'd say within 12 to 18 months. But you touched on a key thing psychologically, it'll help boost everything, kind of rise the steel industry, rising tide, lift all ships. I think this is the largest potential infrastructure bill since the highway system back in the Eisenhower days. Yeah. And I'm no civil engineer, but doing a infrastructure bill once every 70 years doesn't seem <laughs> uh, efficient to right. me. Yeah, the can's been kicked down the road long enough, but with the timing of this, it could end up, you know, we could end up getting that, those new tons from, you know, SDI Sinton in Texas. We could also be getting the tons from uh, Nucor Bradenburg, the plate mill. So there could be actually be a good timing with when this, when these projects start and when the new steel mill tonnage comes online. So that could end up being good timing overall. Do you think the mill's investments have been planning for some level of an infrastructure bill? Do you think that the investments have been, you know, a combination of, you know, at some point we're going to have to rethink our infrastructure at the same time, just the, the overall consumption that we're seeing across the entire market? You know, it, it seems like while there's been investment in, in new production coming online, there's a question of whether or not that's enough to satisfy the, the current consumption. Yeah, I mean, planning anything solely based on government 
it's probably not the best idea, but any reasonable person can see the potential for that demand and the need for that sooner rather than later. So that definitely um, has an impact. Yeah, I think they definitely for, they forecasted this probably coming down the road sometime soon. It just so happens to obviously they didn't didn't think COVID was going to happen, but it just so happens that this is all kind of lining up together. Like I mentioned, the overall the supply issue, just to make sure that we're having these tons available for when the uh, bill ends up being passed. Given the size of the bill today versus where we were in conversations on it just a few years ago or in the last administration, I mean, does it have as big of an impact on the market as we thought it would or not as much, but still this size of, a, of an infrastructure bill, uh, given the current environment that we're in, is going to just continue to, to create tightness in the supply chain? Yeah, touching back on your previous comment, I mean, I don't think this is an end-all, be-all, fixes everything. It's only going to start the process. So hopefully powers that be can see once this bill gets passed, the projects start getting completed, gaining momentum, they'll more frequently pass smaller uh, infrastructure bills. So kind of keep the momentum going. This shouldn't be a one-time big hit on consumer uh, consumption on the steel side. It should be big hit at the beginning and then continuous as we move forward from here. Well, it's definitely an interesting time to be in the steel market, whether you're on the supply side or the buy side, there's a lot of variables that are having an impact on our business that we have to continue to watch out for. You know, there's things that are, are things that we can forecast for and things that we can't forecast for. It's tough to forecast when you're talking about government passing a, a, a bill and the impact that's going to have on your business. But that's something that we definitely have to be, be prepared for. And in today's world it's about being nimble and and being able to make adjustments as you see them come so i think that you know for us in the steel market the more we see what's going on across the board probably the better perspective that we have many of us sit you know in a seat where we see how it's impacting our business specifically but i think what we have to realize today is there's a lot more influences than just what our business is doing wherever you sit in the supply chain. So you have to be able to see that 360 degree view and be able to understand then how that's going to impact your business, whether it's from a supply availability perspective, a cost perspective, um, or a demand perspective for your business. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is what we're seeing is a push towards further industrialization of, of the market. And so growth with the infrastructure bill, growth with manufacturing, growth with construction, and then you know emerging markets, other things that are driving steel demand, we're gonna to continue to see greater consumption and the impact on, on the supply chain. So thank you for tuning into this podcast and let's keep building.